back, everyone. Pete Van Epps with Cameron Brooks. Uh, excited to bring this episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast to you. Today, I met Ben Sewell. Ben is a former Army transportation officer, former Texas A&M grad, and he transitioned back in late 2014, and he went to a company called Altec into an account management role. And so the thrust of this conversation really is about Altec and the type of company they are, and then a lot of day in the life, what he's doing day to day, and uh, he's just shared some great insight into account management and customer focus and what some of that might look like. He's a he's a great guy, super down to earth, very easy to listen to and get some perspective from. So I think you'll enjoy this one because uh, because he brings some good insight into what the day in the life is as an account management or an account manager. He also at the end he shares a story or gives a little advice about uh, kind of staying fresh and staying positive and he tells us about, uh, or he, you know, he says that you know, at the end of the day, who, his wife, who's a professional in business as well, they ask each other, what did you learn today? And I really appreciated that. And I, I said this in the what podcast, probably going to go home and ask my children that today and see what they have to say. So I, great advice. I like, uh, I like doing stuff like that. And so I think you'll appreciate that as well. I did want to put the disclaimer in that, uh, that Altec is a great company, awesome company, a privately held company. So I want to say that the that the views expressed by Ben do not reflect the um, the views of Altec. This is strictly Ben Sewell. And um, if you want to know more about Camera Brooks, you can find a lot. I mean, we're 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 a mili- we're an, a company that helps military officers transition, but sometimes we act like a media company because we put a lot of content out there. So of course we have this podcast. We also have a very robust blog. Our website. Um, uh, we have a lot of resources and material on our website, as well as we publish a book called PCS to Corporate America that you can find on Amazon, written by uh, Roger Cameron and co-authored by Chuck Alvarez, the president and CEO of Cameron Brooks, and Joel Junker, senior vice president. So a lot of information out there for you uh, to peruse and, and get more information about uh, some of the best practices as it relates to transitioning to corporate America. Okay, enough of that. Without further ado, here's Ben. Hey, Ben, thanks a ton for uh, taking a couple of minutes out of your day and spending it with us here in the podcast. I appreciate it. Hey, Pete. Glad to be here. Thank you. So it's been a little while since you and I caught up. You came to the conference, you know, or you've been working now for four and a half years and uh, and going strong. So I'm excited to visit with you because you work for a great company and and I know a lot about them, but I'm excited to hear more about Altec from your perspective and go through a day in a life and some other things. So um, I'm just glad that you uh, found some time and looking forward to the conversation here. So why don't we start by just giving us a real quick overview of your Army time. What did you do in the Army? What was kind of your career progression back then? Yeah, absolutely. So I commissioned out of Texas A&M University ROTC in 2010 as a transportation officer. Uh, After my bullet training, went into a distribution platoon leader position in the 101st Airborne for the 1187 Infantry Battalion. And I was there for most of my uh, four years in the Army. As the distribution platoon leader, I deployed to Eastern Afghanistan for a nine-month tour, 
Also did the maintenance platoon leader position. And then the final position in that company was as the executive officer, which was great. I got to work as an as an logistics officer in various positions supporting this battalion over a three-year period in different ways, which I really think helped develop me over those three years. And then my final job after that company was moving up to division and working in the commanding general's office for the 101st as the assistant secretary of general staff. So I did all sorts of stuff up there from protocol type stuff to assisting the aides. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a quick six months, but a really eye-opening six months. And then after that, it was it was off to Cameron Brooks and onto corporate America. So when you came to the conference, and I had to go back and remind myself, but you you had a lot of companies say yes to you at the conference. Tell us a little bit about Altec and why you ultimately made the choice to go there. So. I remember remember quite a few companies and it coming down to, you know, the top five that I did follow-ons with, which were a split of about three team leadership positions and two sales, and Altec was one of the sales, and I, I just kind of was leaning towards sales, the idea of being out there, talking to different people every day, um, selling a product, really kind of drew me over to those two companies. And then Altec specifically, the culture was an easy transfer. Um, in the Army, we had the Army values. Altec has a set of internal values. We all have a card that has a, a set of values that we live by. And so I saw that there was a culture there that I was already familiar with. Um, family was important. They asked about my wife, what her thoughts were, and that really, really drew me in. On top of that, the interview alone, both at the conference and the follow-on interview were with great people and it, it just clicked across the board. I like them right off the bat. They seemed to like me. It was more of a conversation in those situations than a going down the list, checking the block, checking the question. Um, so I thought having, having a discussion with everyone really, really helped bring me on board and then the job, the job's great. It's it's selling trucks, it's um, traveling across four states in New England, um, selling trucks that take guys anywhere from 30 feet to 150 feet in the air, which is, I don't know, kind of like a childhood dream selling big heavy equipment, I guess, in, in a way. <laughs> like who wouldn't want to do that? Um, so those are the top three, four items that really drew me in at the conference. Now, there's a couple of follow-ups that I want to ask to everything you just said here, but give us the overview of Altec. You talked about trucks 30 to 150 feet in the air, but tell, tell us more about what the company makes and, and, and a little bit more of an overview of your company. Sure. There, there's a lot going on in Altec. It's a privately held company out of Alabama. Um, we manufacture the aerial lifts that go on the back of large trucks with utility bodies so we're we're catering to the utility industry um, all your power lines when those get worked on it's usually and hopefully by an Altec truck um, the tree care industry cranes um, telecom 
a lot of Altec yep. trucks. So we're manufacturing those and selling them directly to um, the customers. We also have on top of that service because with trucks, at some point there's going to be issues. So we maintain them. We have in-house financing. We have a used division for when those new trucks are ready to be moved out. We will resell them as used. We have auction an auction company. Um, we, we try and be kind of a one-stop shop for anyone who needs the bucket truck out there. Mm-hmm. And you said you go across four states. So are you, you live in Boston, right? Right. I'm right, right outside of Boston. So you've got four states. And so give us a, a what is your average customer? Two things. One, what does your average customer look like? And two, how many customers do you have across your territory? So I don't think there is an average customer because I'm calling on utilities industry, the tree care industry, and also state agencies, DPW. So there's kind of three different major sections there. And even inside of those, they can be very different. So a large utility contractor might have uh, 30 to 100 bucket trucks, and they're spread out in different locations across the U.S. So I'm helping manage service issues at different locations, even outside of my territory. Um, the DPWs and state agencies, I cover Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Massachusetts, and I'm calling on DOTs, DPWs, and they may only sell or I'm sorry, buy a truck once every 10 to 12 years. Um, but you're still maintaining relationships with that fleet manager to make sure everything's going well. And then you've got tree guys, tree contractors, large ones who are buying trucks every year, and then some smaller ones who, similar to the DPWs, are only replacing a truck every 10 to 12 years. Gotcha. And if, and if a DPW or one of the smaller I mean, are they replacing a truck every 10 to 12 years and, and, and they only have a handful of trucks in the fleet? Or, you know, what does that what does that actually look like? Right. Depends on, I guess it depends on the town. Um, most towns out there, sure, they're going to have one tree truck, sometimes a smaller 30-foot truck to do your sign hanging around, you know, a holiday or service fire alarms, um, small odd jobs. The city of Boston, for example, has an electrical division, a sign division, a tree division. Mm-hmm. So they have an actual fleet of bucket trucks. Um, and I meet with the overall fleet director to help him get rid of old equipment, move that out, replace it, and make sure he has, you know, the the right tools to replace that equipment when it needs to be done and make sure that we're bringing in up-to-date technology that still accomplishes mm-hmm. the job he needs to he needs to tackle in the city sure and what how big's your largest account and i guess I, I don't know i assume you define largest account meaning number of actual pieces of equipment and vehicles in in their fleet or maybe we could kind of i guess call yeah <laughs> i i guess we have i have a couple um there's some utility contractors that have some large fleets spread out. And I would say, you know, they, they have probably upwards of a hundred bucket trucks, okay. um, but they might not replace those every year. 
Um, on the other, on the other hand, I have some electric co-ops who do continually replace every single year. Gotcha. Um, and they have over 50 bucket trucks. So it depends on the industry again. And then I guess we measure it by how often are you rotating the fleet? Yeah. And and how many trucks overall do you have out there? So what's the average rep at Altec? I mean, this may another be another hard question to answer, but what's the average rec at, rep at Altec expected? How many how many vehicles is he or she expected to to sell in a year? Is there is that is that a fair question? Uh, it's definitely not measured by truck volume in a year. Okay. Um, okay. So we have we have strategic accounts for your larger larger customers um then we right. have account managers who handle like like myself a bunch of smaller accounts and then okay. with our other entities such as used equipment there's an account manager who deals in new equipment or used equipment and then yeah one who deals in financing so it really depends what niche you're in uh-huh. okay yeah gotcha um I want so um a lot of times when someone's coming to Camera Brooks and you know maybe they're we're talking I'm like you know you you really have the the performance in the military and the right attitude and good communicator you know how to build trust with people you'd be great for sales and they're like oh sales you know that's I don't want to do sales and you know they they have a pretty strong misperception of what it actually is so can you tell us what and I know this isn't a completely fair question, so maybe we can just talk about activities, but what does a day in the life look like for you? Are you knocking on doors randomly all day? Of course you're not. And so tell us more about what you do. Yeah. First off, I think I had the same misconception um, when I came to Cameron Brooks because you you come out of the military as a leader, and I know for myself that's what I was comfortable with, that's where I expected to go. Um, but after talking with you, going through some interviews and doing some research and talking to other Cameron Brooks alum, it really helped open my eyes that uh, there's there's another side to this. And I think once you keep that open mind and listen and talk to folks, you find out about that outside sales world, which is fun. And it's not always knocking on doors. You know, I, I'm called an account manager, um, not a salesman is my official Mm -hmm. title because I really am maintaining relationships, seeing people that I know fairly consistently, helping them with problems that come up in their fleet every so often and truly managing an account. At the same time, there are customers who for some reason don't buy from us. We, We, they may be a new, new company or they've bought from a competitor. And obviously our goal is to get in there. So there are, there is some door knocking. Do I do it every day? No, it's, um, it's split up. I mean, you know, going back to your question, what is, what does the day look like? It, it changes based off what my customer needs. The great thing is it it gives you some freedom. Um, I'm not reporting to an office every day. I'm seeing someone new every day, but I could be going and doing an in-service in a town on a new truck that just delivered and showing the oh. operators how to use it. Yeah. Tell us and more then, when you say in service, what, what does that actually mean? Get, bring that to life. Would you? 
Yeah, so actually, I did one this morning. It's it's the truck delivers, and I go through everything on it. I show them how to turn it on and put it in the mode that allows the aerial lift to actually operate and how to set the outriggers so that the truck's stable while they're in the air and how the interlocks work so that if they don't set the outriggers, the aerial lift won't go up um, and how the controls work and how them interacting with the controls will make it either a jerky motion or a smooth motion. So really showing them in detail how this unit operates. Gotcha. Um, so for example, I did one of those this morning and then an hour later I was in a bid opening uh, for another town that we were bidding equipment to put into the town. Hmm. Which means what? You throw on a, a sport coat and you go sit in an office or what does that mean? Yeah, luckily, I don't have to do the sport coat too often. Um, it's occasional, but it it's it is kind of what you're thinking. I went from a one hour being with the operators in you know a polo and um, some jeans to kicking over to khakis and dress shoes and being in an office with a town purchaser, the general manager, and the leadership of that department and putting in a, a bid for them to buy our equipment. Mm -hmm. Who else, who else do you, okay, so you, sounds good. You, you know, you, you, the three customers that I've heard thus far is a fleet manager, an operator, and some municipal, municipality leadership sounds like. Who else, right. and that's a lot, I mean, who else do you work with? Fleet managers are the key. Um, you also have, whether it's government or non-government, you have foremen who are managing the operations section. You have operational managers. You know, you, I think in any sales job, you're trying to find that economic buyer who actually okay. approves the sale. Um, I'm sure you know that from your history. And it's it's finding out, is it is it the mayor of the town? Is it the general manager of the department? Is it the owner of the contracting company? getting to know that individual and making sure they know who you are so that when Altec pops up, they think of your face, I think is the goal. So within one account, you may have three or four to five guys that you're calling on for different reasons because they all usually have different goals as well. What's, your, what's been your been four and a half years in the territory now? What's been your best day? And it had that be one where you sold like 50 trucks in a day or whatever, not 50. But, you know, do you remember your best day? And what was that? What do you think that was, or what was that like? I've, it's, it's been four years of a lot of good days. It's a fun job. I think, you know, the days that you sell a bunch of trucks are, are a ton of fun. Um, it's great to get a purchase order for, you know, 10, 10 plus trucks, which isn't isn't often, but when it happens, it's great. Most most sales for me are one or two trucks here or there. Um, the other thing is, I, it's a great day just when you you feel accomplished. If it's um, solving a problem, coming up with a solution for a customer, or dealing with an issue that was a real challenge, and it took time to meet with the customer multiple times and help them dig out of either a service problem that was difficult to figure out or helping them come up with a good plan to replace their fleet over the next five plus years. Mm -hmm. Walking out 
and closing one of those is is always a relief and really a successful day. And I think anytime that happens, it, it just feels good. Yeah. I think people, a lot of times when, you know, when they're not familiar with the the true business to business and account management oriented sale, they think, you know, of the common misconceptions of sales, high pressure and cold calling and all of those things. But, you know, business to business sales, as you're describing, it's so rewarding on two levels. And maybe you can jump into the first one after I say this, but you know, the autonomy of the job is just unparalleled to anything else out there in my mind. And one of the things that I love most about being in a role like that, and then two, is really being a, you know, it takes the right personality, but people who are truly customer focused or customer centered, because as you know, Ben, you could tell me, you could repeat this back to me based on your experience, like the most successful sales reps and, you know, successful meaning, you know, compensation-wise and recognition-wise are the ones that really put a lot of time, energy, and effort in the customer. And you put a lot of time, energy in the customer, and then, you know, the reciprocity of that comes back on you. And I'm sure you can speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. First off, the autonomy, you nailed it. It's it's a, um, it's a great lifestyle. It can open up you to the schedule you want to build within reason around your customers um you're you don't you all you know you have to be disciplined you don't have someone looking over your shoulder which to me is it's fun it's exciting it motivates me it gives me a reason to get up early and um get after it yep which kind of leads into the second part of that and through that motivation and discipline you're out there making your paycheck um, making your bonus, however it's structured, and it's through building the relationships, solving the problems, and selling trucks, getting those trucks in there to where you succeed. And sure, there's long days. Sometimes you fortunately get a get a short one, but it's usually an early morning getting up, not reporting somewhere. It's going out and doing your job and maybe not even talking to someone within your company for the first couple hours of the day. Mm-hmm. Like today, I'm sure, right? I mean, you showed up and did an in-service. Right. Right. The only the only folks inside of my company I talked to today were on the phone, and I think they were all after the bid opening. So I'd seen two customers by the time I was on the phone with internal folks. And it was, you know, and I'm talking to both. I'm a my main role as an account manager is communicating, being an advocate for my customers to my right. company and vice versa, being an advocate for my company to my customers. So clear, concise communication is a key part of my job. Can you um, think about a time in the Army that relates to what you do. And the reason I'm asking this is because some of the people that listen to this podcast are still in the military thinking, you know, how do, how does my background actually relate to sales? And I think it's it, it's it's different, right? Because like you said earlier, our experience in the, at least in the army has been very like, hey, lead a team, very operational driven. And then it's like, now you're out here in sales doing something different, focus on the customer, tons of autonomy. Can you connect something in your army background to your job now sure um you know i'm i'm doing a lot of influencing on folks who i have zero authority over 
on a day-to-day basis, both customers and internal. Um, I, I have zero reports. So everyone I work with is either a peer or um, a higher up. And, you know, it can be a challenge to help to get all those people to see something from your perspective. So when I was in the military, specifically as an executive officer in that company, I had a similar role. And XO didn't have many actual reports. I was mainly working with other executive officers within the battalion who were all infantrymen or higher up officers. And my job was to support them as a logistics officer. And Mm -hmm. there were heated conversations about one company needing something and another needing something. And we just couldn't do everything at once. And I couldn't be everywhere at once. So it was a figuring out how to best utilize my resources in an effective way that made sense, but also digging into the needs of those other executive officers who at the end of the day were my customers. And I don't think I realized it back then and figuring out what their goals were, what they were trying to accomplish and showing them that, Hey, we're trying to help you and this is how we're going to do it. And this is the time frame we'll do it in. And here's why we might not be able to do it your way. And having those conversations and being able to influence as a peer and learning that in the military has helped me tremendously in my current role and career. I think that's really it. You nailed it. I, I, the the way that I mean, there are a couple of jobs in the army and in the military in general that that have some some pretty good overlap to what a sales rep does. But I think the the key for everyone in terms of connecting is defining that customer as you just did and talking about how you bring value to that customer. I mean, that, that in my mind is the true connection from the military background perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent. One or two more questions here. I, I'd love for you to share with us. I know we talked a little bit about this before we, before we started rolling here, but can you share with us um, a deal that you've done to kind of dig in a little bit more to the nuts and bolts of, of you know, helping a, helping a customer to see some operational and financial value of doing things a certain way, maybe when they were thinking they were going to do it another way? And I know that's a pretty broad question, but hopefully your, your mind is going to something that you can share with us. Sure. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that there's a lot of uh, different departments within Altec. Um and a lot of the times you, you may walk into a customer who just wants to buy a truck, pay cash for it, um, might not be able to afford it outright, though. So we bring in our capital services. So on a specific deal, I, you know, I do remember a larger, a larger utility contractor who was going to buy quite a bit of equipment. He needed, he needed quite a bit of a, quite a bit at the same time and quickly. And so what we did is we sold him some rental units that we had ready to go. We also got him some more rental units for him to actually rent temporarily. So that filled his need of, I need equipment today. At the same time, we were building the equipment that was customized to his needs. So in the meantime, he had stuff that got him to the right height but he might needed some 
might have needed some extra tooling or specific storage. And we were building that while he was waiting. And then the other piece of that was helping him figure out how to finance it. Um, a lot of equipment can cost a lot of money and dividing some of that up so that you spend some capital on trucks that may help the company out in the tax way can be important. So a chunk of that he just wanted to pay for outright. And then some other pieces he wanted to set up on long-term leasing programs where he could turn that in in five to seven years for a brand new one. And it was a low monthly rate. So he was accomplishing a few goals. He It made him look good. He was able to diversify his fleet and how he was paying for it. Um, at the same time, he had equipment in there right away so he could get to work while waiting for the equipment that really fit his needs. That you guys were making custom for him. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I think that's an important component because you're talking about financing and leasing. And I think sometimes people may think, well, finance and leasing, I do that when I buy a car. I mean, I think the primary difference here is there's a customer who is trying to maximize, minimize cost and maximize revenue through you know, and ultimately profitability. And so you right. as a business partner are helping him you know, do this thing, do this deal right so he can win, right? Exactly. They all mm-hmm. they all realize, especially the larger customers, that they're going to have to spend money to make money, but they want to do that in a responsible way. And even kicking over to municipalities and DPWs and state agencies, they know that they're going to have to spend good money for good equipment but they have to be responsible to the taxpayers. So sometimes helping them set up a municipal leasing program to spread out that cost over a period of time is something that sets us apart from our competition and helps us get in the door and sell them a piece of equipment they need. That's good, man. That that really helps. I hope it helps. At least it helps me for sure. I mean, I, I talk about Altec a lot at our career conferences when your company comes to the conference, but that gives me some some more perspective to share with folks that might be interviewing with Altec. Um, yeah, 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 good. Um, yeah, there's there's a, a little... lot going on. Sorry, there, there's there's no, a no, lot no. going on. It's tough to throw into a 20-minute, 30-minute conversation. Um, but I think, you know, you and I have talked about it before is it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't seen it, but Overall, there's there's just so many opportunities and different jobs within Altec that there's kind of a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny that when when you and we've talked about this earlier, when you and Nate came to the company, one of the we again this was for everyone listening. This we were talking about this before we hit the record button, but you know, essentially um, Ben was the second JMO hired at Cameron, from from Cameron Brooks at least into Altec four and a half years ago. And prior to that, there was another guy, but who's still at Altec, but, um, but that was a few years right. prior to that. So he really, you really been blazed the trail. And since then, I mean, there folks have been hired, JMOs have been hired into engineering roles and other sales roles and team leadership production roles. And, you mentioned the auction business, you mentioned the rental business, and so we've seen a lot of 
your company and all the facets of your company. The interesting thing that I would ask you is before you ever came to a Cameron Brooks com- com- uh, conference, even though you were in uh, in trans- Army Transportation, had you did you know what Altec was? Had you seen or heard of Altec before? <laughs> Not a clue. Uh, I couldn't couldn't tell you what a bucket truck was when I mm-hmm. showed up to the conference. Um, See, I actually yeah. pronounced it incorrectly too. It's it's everyone calls it Altec. It's Altec, it's right. Altec right? right? So right, right. Um, no, I had no idea what a bucket truck was. Well, it's it's kind of going back to the point that you made earlier. You you talked about how it just clicked across the board, right? With, mm-hmm. with the pre- preliminary interview and then the follow on interviews. And, and the thing that I love about what we do, and this is about you, not about us, but it's, it's really about your experience. The thing that I love about what we do is, you know, you come to a career conference, you interview with like 12 companies. I think you interviewed with 12 companies mm-hmm. and ultimately go to work for a company that, you know, you know, at some point in the, recent past you'd never even heard of before and and here you are four and a half laters four and a half years later you know killing right. it at what you're doing and, and your career's progressing and so it's just such a neat neat thing and so you're just a, a yeah. success story <laughs> it's cool <laughs> thanks pete so two more things because i want to i want to i want to be respectful of your time i guess the the first thing i want to ask is okay where do you go from here what is what is the the short and maybe medium career progression look like for Ben Soul? Mm-hmm. Um, so for anyone in, in a similar position as mine at Altec, you, you kind of can pick, um, you know, do you, do you want reports, uh, which I do. I want to go into management. So that's kind of the direction I'm headed is getting uh, one or two account managers under me who do a similar job to what I'm doing, managing smaller accounts, towns, and help grow that. And I might take on a larger account. Um, some guys really enjoy the day-to-day role between um, customers in a large territory, and, and that's where they want to stay and they maintain that. And some other guys want to be in a strategic level where they handle one large customer. And there's that option too. But for me, my career progression is taking on reports, moving into that management level where I'm still selling equipment, but I'm also managing other folks selling equipment and okay. continuing up that ladder. Gotcha. Okay, sounds good. Um, last question. Give us give us a piece of advice or give us some advice that you think others who are on the cusp of transitioning or even just considering transitioning something that they can hear from you about someone who's been in the military and now been out in corporate America for going on five years. What what do we need to know and be prepared for? I I think it's just um, keeping the open mind, staying positive, um, also staying fresh, you know, doing that reading list that Cameron Brook provides, but not stopping at the end of that, you know, continuing to grow personally and professionally. I think I've mentioned to you that, you know, my, my wife is, is a major support in my life. And we saw that at the Cameron Brooks conference. She was like a, a rock star running me from mm-hmm. interview to interview with a granola bar and a bottle of water and reading me notes um, right. on, on the next interview I was about to walk into. 
And today we do the same thing. I support her in her career and she does the same in mine. And we also uh, respect each other and come together as a family and put work away, you know, for a few minutes every night and talk to each other and, and really connect as a family and help each other grow. Um, and I think one thing we do is, is every night we ask each other, what did you learn today? Because to, for both of us, it's important that we're always learning something new and we do that. And, um, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a goofy, goofy response on what we learned today, maybe something we saw in the news, but occasionally it's something that's important and deep. And, um, I think it just reinforces that we're trying to improve ourselves and make everything around us better than we found it. And that's kind of the goal we have in life. So I would just say, stay positive, keep a good attitude, stay fresh, keep an open mind and uh, continue to grow. So good. I, uh, I want to go home tonight and ask all three of my daughters individually, <laughs> what did you learn today? And I hope they ask me that too. I'll be ready. Yeah. I got an answer. That'd be great. I'd, so. I'd be interested in their responses. <laughs> that's my always suspicion the best is, part. So, yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to be like nothing, dad, nothing. Okay. All right. Yeah. So no, really. <laughs> We do anyway. have a rule. You there, you can't you can't deflect the question, and nothing is not an answer. So there are there yeah. are some rules we set with that one. Yeah, they love it when I say, "Well, if you didn't, if you you know," they say, "Well, I don't know, Dad." I say, "Well, if you did know, what would you say?" <laughs> they love I, that. I, I'll have to use that one if if I ever get, <laughs> get that response. Anyway, Ben, it's uh it's always a pleasure to visit with you. I hope I get to see you sooner rather than later down the road here i really appreciate your time today man same here pete i appreciate it it was a great great catching up